Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. With the new immigration bill that has just been passed, I thought that we should invite our in-house criminologist, Dr. William Schneed, to join us this hour. Dr. Schneed has been actively involved in the field of law enforcement for over 40 years. His assignments included Internal Affairs Narcotics Task Force, as well as patrol and investigative duties. He has taught at the Rio Hondo Regional Police Academy on survival ethics and uh, on survival eth- Wait a second, let's try this one again. Officer Survival and Ethics. He has consulted with and been assigned to various federal agencies and task forces during the past 40 years. He's been routinely appointed by Los Angeles County Superior and Municipal Court judges as an expert in alternative sentencing and narcotics. Presently, he is the Director of Special Operations for Apex Strategic Investigations Group, a licensed international private investigations firm in Los Angeles and Riverside counties. His website is www.worldfind.biz. And Dr. Schneed, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you, sir? Fine, thanks, Rob. Uh, listen, Bill, the new immigration uh, law that was just passed uh, a couple of days ago, how is, it being, uh, how is it being received by the members of law enforcement that you've talked to? Well, it's being received certainly positively in the sense that uh, it's a $600 million bill uh, designed to beef up security on, on the border with Mexico. Mm-hmm. And as such, 
it's going to be augmented with 1,500 Border Patrol agents, which will be funded. And, you know, there's there's just a rare display of bipartisanship by uh, both the Republicans and the Democrats, which, again, shows you what a hot topic immigration is. Do you think that this bill will provide the safety and security that so many Americans are looking for when it comes to the Mexican Canadian border, Mexican U.S. border? No, I think it's it's more designed because of the spillover that we're we're feeling along the border from the the Mexican drug cartel war, mm-hmm. which so far has claimed twenty thousand. Victims uh, in Mexico, and and since a lot of this killings are occurring right on the borderline, uh, I think it's more designed as a proactive thing uh, by the administration against that threat rather than the ongoing issue of illegal immigrants. Now the 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 National Guard that is going to be going down to the border, they have no law enforcement authority, do they? Well, they will be working in conjunction with the Border Patrol, and, you know, they're, they're, since, since there, there isn't military law established, they really aren't going to be taking enforcement action, but rather supplementing the uh, existing Border Patrol, immigration, uh, customs folks that are, that are in, in places at the moment. So if a customs agent who is a law enforcement officer asks the National Guard to do something, are they basically working under the same adage as, uh, you know, uh, you're working under a direct order from a peace officer, therefore it gives you the right to act? Well, you're you're talking about posse comitatus, which, you know, I I think it's a stretch uh, to say that uh, they would then be you know, kind of deputized uh, for the purpose of doing an arrest. You know, I think it's easier to view them as a armed presence uh, to supplement sworn personnel that are there to make arrests. I don't think we're going to see National Guardsmen making arrests. Bill, stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. Exonation. Nation, Dr. William Schneed is our special guest. www.worldfind.biz. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? 
Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Exxon Nation, it's one of those days. I was just telling Bill a few seconds ago, technology is great when it works. Hey, but we're here. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and Exxon TV. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger. Exxon Radio TV at hotmail.com and our website www.exxonradiotv.com. Bill, we're talking about the new immigration bill that was passed a couple of days ago. We've got all this money being poured into the the border uh, between the United States and Mexico. We've got the National Guard going down there who are going to be armed. But if they do not have law enforcement authority, how can the government send down the National Guard to work with the Border Patrol and have them armed? God forbid, what happens if somebody gets shot and killed by a guardsman? Well, that's uh, that, of course, is another story. But, you know, they're, I think they're also going to be controlling. There was two, two unmanned drones mm-hmm. that were added to that mix, uh, to help on uh, border surveillance, but I, uh, I, I don't know that we have seen any uh, actual codification as to what the guard will be permitted to do, ordered to do, supplemented to do, mm-hmm. uh, other than you know, fifteen hundred bodies will be added to the mix. But exactly what the parameters. Uh, surrounding their behavior will be, uh, I haven't seen anything published yet. So why wouldn't the government then deputize these these people and, you know, give them law enforcement status if they're going to be working as law enforcement agents? Well, they can't just deputize people, uh, especially the National Guard. They can do that if martial law is declared. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to declare martial law against, you know, the, the, the border that being said, uh, you know, there's really nothing else that we can do uh, with our armed services that will give them uh, what you're asking, and that's police powers. You see, up here in Canada, the criminal code states any person can arrest without a warrant a person whom he finds committing an indictable offense. Which means if I see you committing an indictable offense, I then can arrest under under this section of the criminal code and use any and all force necessary to detain you until law enforcement arrives on the scene, at which time custody is remanded over to law enforcement. Well, you're talking about, I think, what our country would refer to as a citizen's arrest. Exactly. And, and yes, the, the Guard, just as citizens, mm-hmm. 
would have that. The biggest difference between law enforcement and civilians as far as arrest powers go is that a civilian cannot make an arrest on suspicion That's right. where, where law enforcement can. And, and also uh, a misdemeanor not committed uh, in their presence uh, would create an additional problem. But I think your point uh, earlier as to, you know, what would happen if there's a struggle between uh, a border patrolman and a, a illegal uh, entrant uh, and the guardman uh, shoots him, uh, what would happen in that case? And I suppose, you know, it would be handled as any shooting case, but it would again stir up uh, the uh, coalitions that are uh, indicating that we're pinpointing uh, Mexican illegal immigrants, uh, of which, they're, by the way, they're trying to get that out of this bill because it it becomes confusing if you want bipartisanship, mm -hmm. and yet you don't want to deal with the 11 million that are here and the whole issue of amnesty, you know, for these folks, and 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 what are we going to do with them? So. It, it needs to really be a separate issue as to, okay, the illegal immigrants that are here, that's a different issue that we're going to deal with. Border security as it is today, that's an issue. But, you know, Obama hasn't separated those two yet. You know, if if the Patriot Act isn't working as far as, or, or if, let, me, let me rephrase that, if the border control situation is not working with the illegal entry of, of people from the Mexican-U.S. border, how do we know that the entire system is working when it comes to keeping terrorists out of the U.S.? Well, we, we've indicated this in prior shows, that the presumption is that the terrorists are already here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, I don't think there's a shortage of terrorists that, you know, suddenly we need, you know, a few hundred more in order to accomplish whatever it is their mission is. So we'll go on the presumption that those terrorists that are supposed to be here are here. And as you read about these things in the paper where these different cells are broken up, these are people that have been here eight, ten years. These aren't people that just crossed the border yesterday. So, you know, the and, – and terrorists for the most part are very well aware that our borders are being – more and more secured. So it's it's always been to their advantage to get in here. Uh, this is uh, almost analogous to the issue of gun control. I mean, those that want guns that know they have until January 1st before some legislation takes place are going to buy the guns ahead of time. And, and, and so that doesn't become an issue. Um, and I think we're facing the same thing here is what are we going to do with 11 million people? And uh, similarly, what are we going to do with people caught crossing this border? We still do not have uh, a sufficient um, deterrent to keep people from coming across our border and then politely being bussed back. So as a member of law enforcement, what would you or what do other members of law enforcement believe, Bill, would be the deterrent? The, the deterrent is either incarcerating these people, uh, for which, you know, again, this is going to be a, a huge burden on mm -hmm. taxpayers, uh, or 
targeting the employer uh, of these folks, which is probably the most benign thing and most effective. If the fines are sufficient to force employers not to hire illegal immigrants, then the illegal immigrants have no place to work, hence uh, the the advantage or the, the carrot uh, that's placed in front of them is now gone. Uh, because the only other alternative you have, other than heavily penalizing I- employers, is shooting people that are coming across the border, and we're not going to do that. Then why do we have the National Guard down there armed? Because there has to be some form of patrol presence to cherry-pick, if you will, uh, those that are trying to come across. It's like, why did we build the wall? Uh, I mean, that's not to say people can't come over it, around it, under it. Uh, it's it's just as another deterrent. No, nobody feels that with $600 million, we're automatically going to stop the stem of illegal immigrants. You know, this is just another another finger in uh, the multiple holes in the dike. So uh, it is not going to stop it. Hopefully it'll slow it down somewhat, but I strongly doubt that 1,500 agents along our vast border uh, is really going to stop it. So why doesn't the U.S. government seek sanctions against the Mexican government in order to make them smarten up, because it seems that the problem of the the mass immigration into the United States from Mexico is because of the Mexican government itself and their inability to run a country. Well, their inability, uh, you know, has been acknowledged for years. I mean, there is, you know, vast corruption all mm-hmm. the way up to, I imagine, the president of the country, and it's a way of life. Uh, you have a country that only has two classes, either poor or rich. So there is no middle class. So, so the, the, the very attempt to try to get Mexico to cooperate is counterproductive to Mexico because they're fully aware that the vast majority of illegal folks in this country are sending American dollars back to their families in Mexico. So the money is being spent in Mexico, not in the United States. So there is no advantage. Hmm. But there has to be something that can be done. It seems that when you look at the country of Mexico compared to the the United States of America, that this problem should be taken care of somehow and like you say without any deterrent value all they're going to keep on doing is coming back well we already have uh, companies corporations large recognizable ones right across the border that are making uh, automotive parts Mm -hmm. and and all kinds of uh, machinery uh, that are made in Mexico Uh, why uh, because, one, it's immediately across the border. Secondly, it's cheap labor. I mean, you're not going to get American workers, let alone American union workers, to work uh, for the kind of wages that uh, poverty uh, has driven uh, the Mexican worker to be willing to accept. 
So you're talking a fraction of the dollar and a, a matter of a mile or two across the border. So companies would be stupid to say, no, we insist on paying more money, which increases the price of their goods to the consumer in the United States when they can get it right there. You know, I mean, if they're going to get it from China, that's a long haul. But, you know, right here, you've got uh, endless lines of trucks every morning at the border crossing is bringing all kinds of goods that were manufactured in Mexico under cheap Mexican labor. Stand by, Bill. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Dr. William Schneed is our special guest. www.worldfind.biz. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues. Live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And now we're live at www.exxontv.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Exonation, uh, Dr. Bill Schneid is our special guest, www.worldfind.biz. Bill, this uh, disaster in Pakistan, the, Canadians, uh, the Canadian government is giving $33 million dollars to the people of Pakistan. And as we've seen in the past, we're looking at Haiti, and Haiti hasn't got all the money that governments have uh, pledged yet. There's a lot of concerns whether or not the money actually goes to the goes to the uh, the government uh, and is, is distributed to the proper channels. In fact, the, the Prime Minister of Pakistan said that he's willing to have a civilian board be responsible for handling the money. And I'm just wondering, Bill, if anything happened in the United States or Canada, if Pakistan would throw $33 million our way? Well, first of all, they don't have it. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go along with that. I mean, my viewpoint has consistently been on those countries that are the recipients of foreign aid from mm-hmm. us should, at our times of need, supply us with something. It doesn't have to be money. I don't care if it's rice, I don't care if it's workers, I don't care what it is, but there should be some reciprocity, uh, not necessarily, as I said, of a monetary value, 
but certainly, you know, they certainly have enough people over there that physical labor, you know, would not be, you know, unheard of. Mm -hmm. And certainly following Katrina, uh, I didn't see any hordes coming from Pakistan uh, to help clean up our messes after our hurricanes. So I have very little, you know, frankly, very little empathy uh, you know, for these countries who, you know, after a disaster, come out begging to the world uh, for funding. I mean, these are countries who are ripe with corruption. Uh, we even wonder today how much money is really hitting the Haitians that are in need. And, you know, at what level are they rebuilding? And, you know, there's, a, there's a, hundreds of components uh, that are going on in these areas that are, uh, you know, basically fallacies. And, and I think it's an insult to countries that have the money uh, for them to be expecting to, uh, you know, basically reinforce their infrastructure uh, because they're incapable of doing that. I mean, you don't see us, you know, again, we're picking interesting countries. Pakistan on its border with Afghanistan has a, a definite role uh, to play politically uh, to the advantage of the United States. You don't see a lot of United States money running into Rwanda, as an example, where they have genocide going on and millions of people being killed. So, well, because Rwanda doesn't mean anything to us. So we, we pick and choose some of these places, uh, you know, for political reasons, really not humanitarian reasons. Humanitarian reasons may be on the cover page, but certainly there is a hidden agenda that, uh, that, that, that we're going to then expect something from their government, uh, you know, allowing us to have bases there, allowing us to fly over for uh, military mm -hmm. missions, all kinds of other little deals. But, you know, humanitarianism is the cloak. And, and I just object to it because in the primary analysis, it's my money that's yeah. going over there. It's, it's every taxpayer's money in the United States is going over there for these, you know, countries that every single year have some disaster or another uh, facing them. And, and, I, and I always look at that in, in comparison, again, we are not, no matter how wealthy we're viewed by the rest of the world, or how, even how arrogant we're viewed as the rest of the world, we still have people that are homeless. We still have That's people right. that are living in trailers after Katrina. So we, when our messes are, you know, we have people in the South without flushing toilets, without running water in the United States. So as long as this kind of poverty exists in this country, who are we to take all of this money and send it out somewhere? You know, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly when I look at $33 million that's being sent to Pakistan with children who are living on the street here in Canada, people who don't have homes, they're not eating food, they need medical aid. Like, what in the name of heaven are we doing? Well, I'm sure if you contacted the government of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and said, by the way, we happen to have $33 million, is there anything that you could do with that that would improve life in Hamilton? I, I'm sure they're not going to shrug their shoulders and no, life here is wonderful. I mean, people are in line to get into Hamilton. It's just fabulous. Oh, you've so been... I, I mean, yes, I am, I'm cynical, I'm bitter about it, and, and I'm annoyed on, uh, on countries who choose to benefit uh, the corruption in, in these two-bit little lousy countries. 
uh, at the expense of the taxpayers of their own country. You know, Bill, you brought up a wonderful point during the news break uh, about Katrina and rebuilding it the way it was before. It's like the, like, let's, let's try and see if we can outwit Mother Nature again. Well, see, that's again, you know, that's our own stupidity. I mean, New Orleans should have been made into a park. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if another hurricane comes, you know, so you lose the park. But to basically go to war on a, on a gamble with Mother Nature and say, okay, let's rebuild this city underwater again, and, 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 and with the idea that there will never be the, the ultimate storm that comes over here and washes over the dikes and once again washes out New Orleans. So our Corps of Engineers and our politicians that came in and said, no, let's rebuild this thing underwater, are again a bunch of idiots. You know, we will at some point in time, maybe not in our lifetime, mm-hmm. see that perfect storm that comes in and washes over those dikes and washes away that city, and everybody will sit there and say, wow, 50 years ago we, we said this was going to happen. Speaking about the city of New Orleans, its police department is certainly uh, getting a scrutiny check the, uh, these days, isn't it? Well, I mean, we've got more corruption going on than we can shake a stick at. We have a jerkwater city, you know, in L.A. County called the City of Bell, and there's 40,000 poor Mexicans living in there uh, and other minorities that, you know, barely eke out a living. And uh, the Los Angeles Times exposed the city government for just outrageous salaries. Oh, right. I mean, this, is, this is where the chief of I mean, police... It's disgusting. Yeah. This is where the, uh, the city manager or the mayor was making five, nearly $500,000 a year? The, yes. The city manager... Uh, was making, I think, around 700000 and with six months of paid vacation, including sick time, including retirement benefits, and all of the little perks, it came to a million five. Uh, the chief of police of this little itty-bitty city was making almost three-quarters of a million, which was more than twice the pay of the chief of police of the city of Los Angeles. So, yes, we've got all of our government agencies now investigating these people, uh, you know, because, the, you know, the, really the voters, and I'm not insulting the voters of the city of Bell, mm-hmm. but the voters of most communities really have no clue what everybody's getting paid, what their little perks are, and retirement benefits, and, and everything else, yet it's just coming out of their property taxes. But we just, you know, we were just simply uninformed. And if it isn't for the media exposing it, you know, the city of Bell would have never, you know, would have just kept going on business as usual. Their city sure. councilmen were making 100000 a year, uh, sitting on some committees that met for less than a minute a month. It's a great job if you Out- can get it. Outrageous. These people should all be hauled off, you know, and, and thrown in prison. Ridiculous. Do you think they will uh, get any prison time? Do you think it'll ever well, come? You know, they, you know, the irony is they may well not, because the question boils down to, okay, they got paid outrageous sums of money, mm-hmm. 
but does that mean what they did was illegal? It may be immoral, it may be unethical, but whether it's illegal or not, that's another issue, and that's being viewed on by our attorney general as well as the district attorney of the county of Los Angeles, and you know, other government agencies are investigating this. Is there any illegality going on, or was there voter manipulation? Because apparently the police department was getting all kinds of people to sign absentee ballots and telling them how to vote. So if any of this stuff proves out, there very well may be people going to jail. But at the moment, uh, even the retirement uh, issue may well be something that the city and other cities who contribute mm-hmm. to this retirement fund get stuck with simply because it was obscene but not illegal. It never stops. It never stops. It, you know, I look at politics from maybe a, a very jaundiced eye. I can never understand why anybody would want to spend millions of dollars to try to get a job that pays a fraction of that. And you and I both know, however noble that person's intentions may be, I, you and I both know that senior politicians are going to tell this junior politician, if you want anything to get out of committee, you better vote for my little dam project in my town. And yeah. so no matter how grandiose their, their motives are, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to go along with the old boys club or they'll never get anything passed. Dr. William Schneed is our special guest to this hour. Explanation, www.worldfind.biz is his website. And uh, something else I wanted to touch on uh, today is that apparently there are politicians in the United States who do not agree with the fact that just because a child is born in the United States, they automatically get American citizenship. Well, that's true. I mean, we have that that policy as well as the anchor family policy mm-hmm. that, you know, if the kid's brought, born in the United States and is automatically a citizen, well, what about the family then? And, and under the anchor thinking, you know, they should also become citizens. So, you know, again, I, this is just a hot potato. The whole way that we have viewed immigration and, or ignored immigration issues in the past are now being brought in the forefront. You know, just because somebody, you know, pops a baby out, uh, you know, this was, you know, this whole philosophy was years ago in which, you know, families that legally immigrated, legally immigrated into this country, you know, it it it, it was uh, allowed if their child is born here, mm-hmm. they were automatically a citizen. But, you know, there was no way that it was intended, the legislative intent was not to make illegal uh, citizens, offspring, instant citizens. So where did the system go wrong? You know, probably, you know, in the sense that government has become so huge and so monopolistic that the, the average person is just, you know, simply clueless as to what goes on at any level. I mean, I mean, you can spend a lifetime, you know, studying it. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, we have the advantage now of YouTube and, and the, televi- the television uh, debates and, and all kinds of things that, uh, that come on, but still the average person 
is ignorant when it comes to the news of the day. They, they don't read newspapers. They, they just don't get involved with politics. And hence, this kind of stuff goes by the wayside. And, and these people are allowed to pass bills or, or legislation that has been passed is allowed to wallow around and do its thing because really nobody cares. Then uh, this was it this weekend when President Obama made a, what the media is calling a, a major foobar when he, he apparently um, said uh, that he didn't say anything wrong with having the the mosque in New York City just blocks away from the the site of nine eleven. Well, I don't know that he's wrong. I, I mean. Uh, this isn't like saying the mosque is going to be, you know, right on the mm-hmm. site of one of nine eleven. I mean, a few blocks away. I mean, we're we're a nation founded in freedom of religion. Yes, and I think that was the president's point. Is you know, people are, are because a few hijackers happen to be Muslims, uh, and and and. and there's a number of terrorists that happen to have Muslim thinking. The vast majority of Muslims are still middle-of-the-road, peace-loving folks. So even though it conjures up all kinds of negativity having to do with 9-11 or any other event, uh, you know, we can't be that kind of a country where our insensitivity overwhelms our constitutional rights. Bill, we've got to take our final break, but I agree with you 100% on that. ExoNation, Dr. William Schneid is our special guest, www.worldfind.biz, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we do our final wrap-up for tonight, Monday, August the 16th, 2010. My name is Rob McConnell. You're listening to the Exxon. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. 
listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Well, X-Zone Nation, I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking everyone for joining us here in the X-Zone tonight, especially my guest this hour, Dr. William Schneed. And his website is www.worldfind.biz. Uh, let me see, Bill, is there anything else? We Oh, I know what I want to talk to you about, that... That man in, where was it, uh, Chicago, who was stabbing, who, who stabbed 16 people just to find out he was wanted back in Israel for uh, for charges as well? Well, yeah. I mean, Israel, I, I, his idea to get back to Israel was on the thought that uh, being of Jewish descent, that uh, Israel doesn't extradite people. Uh, you know, they do under certain circumstances, murder being one of them, so... Uh, his hope to escape uh, uh, extradition or being tried uh, mm-hmm. failed. Uh, and then on a plus side, uh, we had the uh, Craigslist murderer kill himself in a cell. So that suicide eliminated the taxpayers having to pay to try the guy. I guess uh, checks and balances work out equally. You know, <laughs> Payback is a bitch, and karma does exist. What are you and I going to be talking about the next time you join us, bud? Well, who knows? I mean, every time every time we open up the newspaper, we have something interesting to talk about. And, you know, you and I hinted about the, you know, alleged possible uh, counterfeiting of your... Your, your your haven coffee, you know, Tim Hortons. Oh, quickly. So maybe something that we taste. Quickly, we've got about uh, a minute left. Tell our listeners about this. Well, you know, according to a couple of managers at Tim Hortons, uh, the coffee that they actually sell to the public in, in fine ground form is not actually the same coffee that they sell uh, to be consumed on the premises. And the reason being that they don't want you to have the exact same one uh, so that you keep coming back for that coffee. So allegedly the, uh, shall we say, counterfeit version of uh, of the coffee poured at Hortons uh, isn't the same one that you're taking as a ground coffee to be made at home. More to be revealed. All right, Bill. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, my friend. Go to our website, www.worldfind.biz, and you all have a happy and safe time. Bill, it's always great talking to you. Thank you very much for sharing your day with us here in the Exxon. My pleasure. Exxon Nation, Dr. William Schneed, once again, his website is www.worldfind.biz. Well, that's it for tonight, Exxon Nation. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are on this great big world of ours. To my producers and to all the affiliates around the world, thank you for being part of the Exxon family. So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, as once again we cross this time-space continuum to the place that I call the Exxon, remember, take care of each other if you can. You know, we are our brother's keeper. And if you have a child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss, let them know that they are loved because the children of today are the leaders of tomorrow. And always, Exxon Nation, always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. <laughs>